Good morning, Inspired Church Albany. Hey, it's so good to be with you guys this morning. We are recording live at Inspired Church Singapore. My name is Hamish. My wife Hades and I are the pastors over here. And look, it's just, I loved it when Jesse let me know that we had an opportunity to share with you. So much fun. So look, we've got a small team uh, down at the building with me today. We are back in phase two. In Singapore, that means that you're not allowed in groups of more than two people, and we have to wear masks all of the time. There is an exception if churches are recording, so we're allowed a team of up to 15 here, and um, I'm allowed to take my mask off for a few minutes while we're recording. So we've got, at the moment, we have Royce and Rob at the back. They're doing all the words and everything and the stream. We've got a small audience here. We've got Thomas on camera, and we've got the people trying to create some energy in the room. We've got Coco and Corey and Hades and Addie. And we've got my daughter Chloe playing Roblox in the back of the room. <laughs> this time in silent. And so, look, it's so good. And I was, when I heard that the theme was a part of your Relationship Goals series, it's just really fun because it's a great series that you've been looking at. And yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. And as I was praying about this and Jesse let me know that the theme is your relationship with yourself. It's so important because I know you've looked at your relationship at work and in your home, your relationship with God and your relationship in the church, that all of these things are shifted by the perspectives that you have on, your, on yourself. That it, it doesn't matter how well, you go through the motions at work or in your marriage. If you've got a wrong perception of how God sees you and of who you are in him, it can shift everything. And so I really hope that through the next few minutes we spend together, that God does something in your lives. And it, was, it really has been my prayer that every single person in the building with you, you're so cool that you can all be together, by the way. And I know you've been going out to concerts and restaurants and all of these things that we miss. Um, but where you are, either in your church building or if you're watching this online with your iGroup at the moment, that something would shift, that there would be a lightness and there would be a freedom that you experience, that he would bring you into a place where you're a little bit more in love with him. And more than that, you realize how in love with you he is. Because like I shared at our church this morning, it doesn't matter what you do or what you say or how much you pray or how much you give or how much you serve or how long you've been a Christian. All of these things don't change how much he loves you. And so, oh, yeah, it has been and is my prayer that you would catch a bit of this revelation this morning. So we're going to skip through the Bible. We're going to start in the book of Revelation. We're going to fly all the way to Genesis, and then we're going to spend a bit of time in the middle. But I did want to start today in Revelation 2, and just let's see where this journey goes. So John's writing to the church in Ephesus, and there's a lot of poetic language in this. There's a lot of references to things that are specific for the church in Ephesus, and not of all of it's explained in the letter, but let's see what happens. So to the angel of the church in Ephesus, right, 
These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and you haven't grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Now, this is significant because this is a church that seems to be doing all the right things. You know, they're, they're holding on to the right teachings. They're persevering. They're fighting the good fight. They're consistent every day working in and out. And so many of us are like that. You know, every time I come to Albany, I see people that I've known for nearly 20 years that are working hard and you often meet people that are, uh, have always been faithful and consistent, but you see at times people are burning out or losing some of the spark that they had. And look, listen to what the scripture carries on to say. That consider, he says, consider how far you've fallen because he says they lost their first love. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I'll come to you and remove the lampstand from its place. Now this sounds really... Really harsh, but within the context of what it's saying, is these these fires, these this passion and this connection we have with God, this here and now salvation that Jesus talked about in Mark one, where he said the kingdom of God is near and the time is now. That all of that, that has to stay burning when we are connected, not just with our actions and what we're doing, but we're connected with the love that drives us with the, the heartbeat of who God is in the midst of it all. That Jesus never wanted to create a religion. He never wanted to create something that would be tribes of you're in and you're out and you believe the right things and you believe the wrong things. It was about creating a way of navigating and being in the world, of knowing him and bringing heaven to earth. And in that, it's knowing his love so much. And so I want to take you on a journey of, of seeing and knowing that love. And so I want to go to Genesis 1. I love this scripture because, you know, Genesis 1.1, when rabbis study it, they spend 28 days. And they go through every word, every letter, every inference, the position of where everything is. And how Genesis 1.1 spells out the entire gospel and the entire story of creation and forgiveness. In, in every pen stroke of it. But listen to this, because this is where our story starts. This is where your story starts. And so it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. They call it the tohu vabohu, the waste and the wild, the broken and the disordered. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And of course, where else would God be than hovering over the broken and the lost and the damaged? He doesn't shy from our disorder. He doesn't shy away from anything that's fractured. He goes there because that is where God needs to be. If you're in church today and you've gone through any form of crisis or grief, and look, so many people have. One of the things of the last 18 months is that the whole world is going through something. And we're all experiencing some sort of grief or crisis or pain or loss 
over you know, what we've experienced through 2020 and now into 2021. God has not fled from you in this time. He is closer than you, you, you can ever imagine because that is where the Holy Spirit is. That is where he chooses to be over the waste and the wild, over the, the dark and the broken. And so I want to carry on because it's in this that he speaks his light. And so God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated light from darkness. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. That, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters. Separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And so it was. God called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry ground appear. And so it was. God called the dry ground land and gathered waters he called seas. And God saw it was good. Now we're going to skip forward, but I just want to make a little observation. Do you notice that in the scripture, God only calls good the things that are brought together and created? He called the light good. He called the land good. And he called the, the gathered waters together good. He didn't call it good when he had to separate the skies or he had to separate the light from the darkness. God wants things connected. He wants things brought together. He, he can see it's necessary when things are torn apart, but he calls it good when we're brought together. And so it's amazing that you're here today in church. It's amazing that you're gathered together and you're watching this or you're together because this is the heartbeat of creation. This is what God calls good, that he brings us in. And so he continues to create things, and we'll skip through. You can read it at your own leisure. But he creates animals and plants and fish and birds and everything else. And then we get through to the next part, where I think we're going to go into about Genesis 1, 9, 26. And it says, God said, let us make mankind in our image. In our likeness, so they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds of the sky and over every single living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant of the face, on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will all be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And so it was. Now this is the point I'm trying to get to. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening. And there was morning, the sixth day. So as he created things, God continues to say it's good. But after he created man, he used a word, which is the word meod. Now this word has been translated to mean strength. But more often than not, the word meod in Hebrew means very. For example, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your strength. is translated to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and mind and all of your meod or all of your overflow, all of your veriness. And so when he created man, 
and he created it all, put it together. He said, this is an overflow of goodness. And I want to share this with you because many people are told in order to come to God, you have to know how broken you are. You have to know how, how much of a sinner you are, how depraved you are, you know, that humanity's broken and we come to Jesus and then he, he forgives us and makes us better. And there's truth within that, but that's not your starting place. Your starting place is that you are an overflow of goodness. Your starting place is that God loves you so much that, that you are created perfect and in his image in, in a way that will bring heaven to earth and that anything that happens, any reference in scripture to repent or to, to you know, turn away from sin is a word called teshuva. Now that word is Jewish and that word actually means to return to who you were created to be to turn back to the overflow of goodness that you are. And so as we talk about your relationship with yourself, we walk through with all of these perspectives. We have self-talk that we have that oh, I'm not good enough. I did this. This abuse happened to me. That happened to me. This nature, this biology, this whatever. And we, we devalue who God created us to be. Because the fact is at your cut, at your core, you are an overflow of the goodness of God. You are specifically designed to be an expression of his love in the world. You are specifically designed to bring heaven to earth in a unique way through you. And it's really important that in all of the prayer and all of the time that you spend, whether it's in the word or with other people, that you dedicate time to actually being loved, to being who you are, to, to focusing on who, who is the strange and unique person that God created, because we are. And look, we, we navigate this world in all of these different ways. And there's, there's a scripture I want to quickly go to in Mark. And Jesus is talking to them about the, the parable of the sower. And as I was reading this and as I was reflecting on this message today, what actually spoke to me is that we all go through different facets of this parable in our own lives because God is speaking to you all of the time. He's calling you. He's moving you forward. He's wanting to grow your life. And there are moments when it's really easy to receive that. There are moments when you go into church and you're singing worship and you just well up in tears and you fall on your knees and you're like, wow, I'm in heaven. And there are other moments where you're not. <laughs> and there are moments in our own lives when it's easy and when it's difficult. And we can be really quick to judge ourselves, to say, well, you know, I'm going through this, I'm that, I'm whatever. I've got to repent of this. I've got to, you know, fake it until I make it and all of these things. But the reality is, these are seasons. And I, as I was praying, I, I saw these four seasons almost as personality types that you go through. Now, in the 90s, and I know we've done it recently as well, people love to give you personality type tests. I came out as a melancholy sanguine, whatever that was in the 90s. But apparently they don't exist, but they're polar opposites, and I was both. Um, but they... 
they try and say you're this type of person and so this is the type of person you have to marry and this is the best job for you and this is the best way to serve in the church and this is how to not get offended by people and they're really helpful. But people are at point because people are really complex and I actually find that we move through these personality types and we move through our responses depending on our environment and our stage in life. And so as, as I was looking at the scripture, I saw that there are different seasons that we pass through. And I want you to, as we read this, look at where are you at the moment? Where are you in response to the different relationships you're in? So in relation to what's been shared about your relation with your spouse or your friends, your relationships at work or in your church or wherever, even you know, with your parents, are there areas where God's trying to speak to you and show you his love, but you're, you're missing it because of certain things that you're stepping into within these relationships? So let's just have a look at this and see where it goes. Jesus began to teach by a lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, natural amphitheater. He taught them many things by parables and in his teachings said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed, some of it fell among the path and the birds came up and they ate it. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprung up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60 and 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears, let him hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, look, the secret to the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything's said on parables. So that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable, though? How then will you be able to understand any? The farmer sows the word. Some people are, some people are like the seed among the path. When the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away, the word that was sown to them. Now, what you need to know is that the word that is sown to you is because what I love about the Gospel of Mark is it centers the Gospel within one scripture. It says that the Gospel is that the kingdom of God is near and the time is now. That the forgiveness and grace of God is with you. That you are exactly who he created you to be. That he has always forgiven you. That he has always loved you and that he wants to bring heaven to earth. That's the Gospel. And so... What this is saying is that some people hear this, but immediately the word Satan or Satan actually translates to the deceiver. And so as soon as they hear how loved they are, how forgiven they are, how that they are an intersection between heaven and earth, then immediately deception comes in and takes that away. That if you're sitting here and I've been saying, look, God loves you. He wants to bring heaven to earth in your life, in your circumstance right now. And those words from your past, from your relationships, from whoever's spoken it to you, from whatever you've been taught has said, well, no, that can't be true. You've got to repent of this, 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 and this first. You've got to earn your right. 
These are these, like these birds that snatch the seed away. Wow. That, 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 that's the first warning, that that deception immediately takes it away. Now the second part, others like seeds sown on the rocky place, hear the word at once and receive it with joy. And that's like so many of us, right? That we, we hear, God loves you. We're like, yes, fantastic. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. This is the thing. If you come to the realization of how much God loves you, of how much he wants to transform you and the world around you, it's a really good thing to receive, but there are so many voices, whether it's self-talk or experience or people in your life that have known you for a long time, that trouble and persecution, that it's really easy to slip back into those old habits. I mean, all of us, how often have we walked out of church thinking, wow, that was empowering, I feel amazing. And then by the time we get 20 minutes in, we're like, oh, no, actually, who am I kidding? that this is a warning that you need to stay in it. Don't listen to that self-talk or that chatterbox that would pull you back. He wants to move you forward. He wants to move you forward today. You, you may have been fighting against an old version of who you thought you were or you, know, you were told you're depraved, you're a sinner, you're this, you're that. It's time to walk out of that. It's time to actually let God's love take root. So the third part of this parable, still others are like the seed sown among thorns. Hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. That speaks for itself. This, this life we have isn't easy. I've been, Hades and I have been leading the church here for 10 years. And I need to let you know that we don't have a special thing that makes us pastors. The, the special thing we have is called responsibility. And responsibility forces you to make good choices at times. And when you carry a mantle or a title like a pastor, there's a whole bunch of people watching you. And so you decide every day that I'm going to pastor a church, I'm going to lead and I'm going to do the best that I can. But every single one of you sitting there in Albany have a responsibility on you. You are a part of this vision and this heartbeat of what God is doing in the world, the expression of what he's doing through Inspire. And so you can wake up in the morning and, and things like, wealth and desires for other things will absolutely try and sweep you away. Look, I meet so many people who come to church and they're faithful and they love it and they get involved and then they, they come in and they're like, oh, but, you know, I'm really praying for this. My business is struggling. COVID hit. We're in financial trouble. My relationship's in trouble. And so you pray with them and you work with them. And we've seen God do miracles in so many people's lives. The sad thing is, is often once they've got the answer to their prayer, they don't need the one that answers it anymore and they wander off. And then you see them on Facebook three months later thanking the universe for correcting itself or some weird thing. And I'm thinking, it wasn't the universe you were praying to three months ago. It's easy if your faith is all about getting the answer to prayer. But if your faith is about 
being the answer to prayer, if your faith is about bringing heaven to earth and about partnering with God what he's do, with what he's doing in the world, then there's a responsibility there. There's a need to stop and breathe and know how much he loves you and be refreshed by him and stand. And so I really want to encourage you today to be like the, the last soil that he talks about. The seeds sown on good soil are people that hear the word, accept it and produce a crop. That hear that the time is now. The kingdom of God is near. And that he can use you because he loves you and made you and knitted you together to be your unique expression of his love in the world. And so I want to finish today in Psalm 139. And I just want the words to wash over you. As we, we go through this poem of how much God loves us, this poem that just takes you into something that actually does not fit with anyone's theology in some levels because it is such an expression of God's love no matter what. I want you in your seat or in your home, wherever you are, to allow him to minister to you to allow him to fill you with his grace and his love. So listen to this. This is David. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. <laughs> you know when I sit. You know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Look, if I go up into the heavens, if I, if I sit and I worship and I crank up my favorite album and I sing in tongues for an hour and I read the Bible and I just feel, you know, you're there. You're there so much. But if I make my bed in the depths, if I get swallowed up by my own guilt, my own grief, if I get swallowed up by my own debt and the way things aren't working, if I allow these things to define me, you're still there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are still there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, Singapore, even there... Your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. But if I say, surely the darkness will hide me. If I look, reject everything, if I do my own thing, if, if I get too caught up in all of this darkness, if that hides me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark for you. The night will still shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And that's important, guys. No matter what place you're in, if you're sitting here with your arms folded, and you're like, yeah, just another church service, whatever, this guy from Singapore. He sees every aspect of your life. He looks at you and he says, this is meod good. Return, because I love you. He sees you even in the depth of that. It's never, ever too late. 
The night will shine like the day, as darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God... Oh, actually, let's go there because this bit's hilarious. What I love is that this author is 100% throwing himself in. Look, God, you love us so much. You love me so much. You know every thought. You know every action. You're with me. And then he gets carried away, and he's like, oh, if only, God, you would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. You speak, they speak of you, Lord, with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred towards them. Now he's gone from a place of love and worship to this. Listen to how he responds to himself. I count them my enemies. And then he pauses. Search me, O God, and know my heart. <laughs> Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I love reading this as he's literally... And I do this all the time myself, right? You're praying, you're thanking God, you're speaking into the love and the possibility of every moment, and then you get sidetracked and you go on this weird tangent, oh, God, I'm so sorry and I'm so guilty and I'm this. And it's like, hang on. <laughs> and it's like he said, hang on. Test me and know those anxious thoughts. <laughs> See if, if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I love this because... We can be the, the good soil, and then we can have a moment of suddenly becoming the hard ground, of, of moments of coming up of, okay, cons consistency? It's like this. It's like a roller coaster. And we nobody here is going to walk out of this room perfect. But you can walk out of this room honest. You can walk out of this room surrounded by amazing people that love you, to want your best and will surround you, will pray for you, will have dinner with you and will encourage you. Let's be the church. Let's not be there to, to single out the things that are going wrong with each other. Let's look for the meowed goodness in each other. Let's encourage the unique beauty of who God is being expressed through you and through each other. Um, because he's so good and he loves you so much. And so right now, let's stand. Oh, yes, the four people with me are standing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Albany, um, it's amazing spending this morning with you. I want to pray. Um, before I do, I, I want to talk very quickly about what next. As you step out of today, what, what's next for you? If something today has clicked, has spoken to you about how much he loves you and how maybe you have to be a bit easier on yourself, then I want to encourage you to make a decision today. Now often, I know Don's like the, where is he? 
This is Albany, Don, you're standing there. Don and Julia. Hey, guys. Um, <laughs> Jesse, you rock. Oh, no, Jesse sits over there, doesn't he? Hey, Jesse. Okay. The thing is, we're all moving on a continuum. Let's say that this wall over here is an absolute disbelief in any form of faith whatsoever, okay? Whether you're an atheist, whether you've rejected everything and you're only at church because your wife's made you, whatever. That's some people over there. Then if we go to this wall, let's say that this is 100% faith as is expressed in your life and you love God and you know that he loves you and you just want to bring heaven to earth. It's my hope that today you've moved on this continuum, even if it's a millimeter, that if the wall was pressed hard against you over here, if your capacity for him has grown, then I just want you to pray a single word, yes. If your capacity to be loved by him and in turn bring that love into the world around you has grown, then let's respond to that. You can say yes. You can take a step forward in your seat. But let's, let's really decide that church doesn't finish when we step out of these doors, when we turn off the TV, that, that this would be a journey that you continue to take, that you continue to, to shoover on, to step forward into who you're created to be. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for every single person in this place right now, standing here or watching online, everybody here and every person represented here, whether it's through family or work or church or relocated, that you would help us to know how much you love us. You would help us to see you to hear you, and that we would respond out of love. Help everything we do have that heartbeat of your love towards us. Help us to be easier on ourselves. Help us to walk our journeys without comparison to others. And help us to live here in this moment that you're giving us right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have an incredible Sunday. We love you. I can't wait till we're back in New Zealand. Hey, can you jump up? She's allowed her mask off because we're married, I think. You can take your mask off. Okay, I can. I don't see why not. <laughs> hey, guys, we love you. We miss you. We do miss you. We Yeah, Yeah, we, we, we really miss Browns Bay Beach, actually and hanging out in Don's jacuzzi. Mm -hmm. um, we will see you whenever soon is. Yeah. Keep praying for us. We're keeping praying for you guys, and we love you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.